I'm Emma. And I'm Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of, the podcast where two best friends finally hold each other accountable for all of those pop culture recommendations that we keep giving each other. This week it's my pick, and we are talking about a real wild card. I promise I have good taste in movies and sometimes watch films made by women. This is not that week. We're talking about Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Yes, we're taking what we talked about last week and putting into practice how all of the things we've shared so far, the other people, other person has actually quite enjoyed. So we said, why don't we do one where we pick things we don't think the other person will like very much? (laughs) She's not going to like this at all. It's everything you hate in a film. This isn't a film. This is a movie. (laughs) So hence this movie. But before we get into that thing... Um, I'm going to share an unshareable this week, um, something that you can't necessarily share with the other person, um, across the country. Um, mine this week is, it's not like a media thing. It is, uh, experience. The experience (laughs) of going outside. (laughs) Kind of, kind of. The experience is the sounds of birds in the forest. Oh my god. <laughs> Everything you bring to this segment is like that of a Disney princess. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Continue. Well, I've been sending Emma and everyone on my Snapchat just videos of birds out and about as during this quarantine I'm trying to go out during non-busy times and of course keeping my distance between people i'm trying to go to places that aren't very crowded or not crowded just don't have anyone and just listening to the birds because now it's springtime and my family is a big nature family and out of all of them i am probably the least into nature however i've realized For most people, I seem like I'm very into nature, just like the quota of how often I'm like, I want to go outside, look at that bird. Oh my God, it's a bird. I know the name of the bird. This is so much fun. Where is it? Hello, friend. All of those things. (laughs) You're into nature. You're just not into extreme physical activity. Like you're like always down for like a jaunt or a walk or a hike. You just don't do it in the extreme, which I respect. why do I need to go uphill? Like, what's... <laughs> who, who invented uphill? That's stupid. But I could go for, like, a two-hour walk if it's flat, like, in the forest and by the lake, and just... You can hear... I love hearing distant sounds when you can see that two different birds are talking to each other, and then you could hear a... Like, a woodpecker just going to town on wood, and it's like, da 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 you're like, you got this, bud. And then the little hummingbirds, when they do their peep, when they, like, go up real high, and then they dive down, and go, boop. And it's, it's very nice, and it's very energizing, as staying at home, I'm usually listening to music, or watching YouTube, or a podcast, and I always have my headphones in, because I live with other people, and I don't want to be disrespectful, and so I'm, usually have stuff in my ears, and it's ongoing audio. However, I'm trying to, either when I'm going on walks, I'm either talking to someone or I'm not listening to anything because I just want to enjoy the nature and enjoy that very beautiful sound of things may be very difficult and strange right now in the world, but nature is still going on and nature is re, is being awoken and is having a great time. So that's what I want to Aslan is on the move. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that is my unshareable this week. 
That was very thrilling. I went to take out the compost in my apartment building yesterday. I do not live near really anywhere you can go for a walk because I live in downtown Toronto. Um, but then it was so sunny out that I just sat on the step next to our dumpster for like five <laughs> minutes and was like, oh yeah. <laughs> no birds, just the sounds of the streetcar going by, but it was still very positive. Yeah, it's just that being outside and I have, luckily I have a quite a large lawn and I've just been sitting in it and sometimes drawing or just listening to music and just appreciating the sun. You may notice, Emma, I got a little color on my face. That I did sometimes notice. It was a burn sometimes. I am <laughs> the only one who could be burned this early <laughs> into the warm weather. Warm, aka like it's in the double digits now and I'm like, that's yeah. a pretty big deal. I know. So, yeah. Alright, well, um, we're gonna we're gonna veer into a very unnatural topic, <laughs> and that is the 2013 film uh, Hansel and Gretel: Witch Hunters, of which Dun-dun. I have a great love. Um, I am preparing myself. I've got all of my notes here. You can also see the exact moment in this notebook when I stopped trying to write neatly. It's about halfway down the second page. That's gonna be fun to interpret later. <laughs> um, but before I get into the introduction, I kind of wanted to know what your thoughts were because what? I rewatched the director's cut today and this movie is nasty. <laughs> it's um, what, Emma, what do you think my thoughts are on this movie? I okay. <laughs> I'm so scared. I feel like uh you were not a fan of how uh meaty this film is. Mm-hmm. Uh but I feel like you hopefully enjoyed the absolutely cuckoo bananas uh, sibling dynamic between Hansel and Gretel mm-hmm. um, and the production design because that is my great love of just this weird retro futuristic I don't, really, I don't think it counts as steampunk because there's no steam powered anything yeah but they I have, know what like, you mean though it's like they like, have guns and like all this machinery but it's also like, she has a machine crossbow they have a record player that I do not understand how it operates and it looked like a goblin hand was like used yeah. as yeah. The nail. Yeah, it's the needle. Um, I feel like you... Actually, okay, also... Mm. <laughs> I can form complete sentences. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this film, but I feel like your overall impression was... Yeah, this is a movie Emma would like. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's... I... From the parts I did see... Let's just start <laughs> with that. Um, I, uh, there was definitely elements in the show when I forgot that I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) God. There were, there were parts where I was like, okay, okay, now we're getting into it. And then I'd have to look away for a while and hear some sounds. And then I would look back and then I would watch it. I'd be like, okay, like, oh, that was a a funny witty line. Oh yeah. Okay. I can see that. Okay. Oh, I like that. And then other things would happen and I would just, it reminded me a bit, remember in university and we watched Harper's Island. Ah, yes. The seminal horror television series, Harper's Island. (laughs) Yes. And I- Comic program. It, it, I watched this movie like I watched that one. When I half looked at it, half had my eyes covered, <laughs> half of it, I just didn't, I just looked away. And even like anything suspenseful, I'd look away. Like I still like had an experience, but this time I was alone. 
So it wasn't like we're all hanging out and like watching it together. I was just like, no one could interpret this for me. I'm just have to look away. <laughs> this is the first time I think I've ever watched this movie. I've seen this movie. It came out in 2013. I did not see it in theaters. Um, a large group of our friends went to go see it and I just didn't go with them because uh, I went out for dinner instead. <laughs> it was very, very on brand for me. Uh, to be like, sorry, bye, have fun. Uh, and then I watched it in 2014. In November, uh, I was doing the classic artist thing where you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna paint while I watch a movie. And then you don't paint, you just watch the movie. Mm. Um, and since then, I have seen this six or seven times. I watch it at least <laughs> once a year uh, oh. with my sister. So I basically, I watched it, loved it. My sister had seen it in theaters. And um, I told her how much I loved it. And I was going to visit her for Christmas that year. And she was like, oh my God, we have to watch this together. Like we have to experience it in the same room. Um, and since then we have made it kind of a, a Christmas tradition where we watch it every year. We actually didn't watch it this past Christmas. It was preempted by it chapter two. <laughs> um, so yeah, I can like, I promise I watch films made by women, but you could not tell from what I recommend on this show. Um, but this is the first time I've watched it with headphones. And the first time I watched it with your tastes in mind and mm. I was like I mean it's pretty fun like it's got Jamma Arterton it's got Jeremy Renner who in 2013 I cared a lot about like it's a good time uh and then there was so much squelching yeah that I was like oh no oh no she's not gonna like any of this um but before we go into that can yes. I do my production talk thing oh hell yeah go ahead okay I'm so excited um because again like this is something you'll notice a trend like even with with John Carter uh like I love movies that don't necessarily work but the people who made them were very passionate and I think certainly think it's no coincidence that um both with this and with John Carter it is a white male director who was given the leeway to follow his mm. his kooky gory passion project uh but I do just respect someone who's like I have this utterly bonkers idea and then they are suddenly given the opportunity to make it I find it very yeah. appealing and like Sean Carter that came out at a time when we were very much like, oh, what's the next franchise going to be? This came out in the height of, I don't know if it has a specific name, but kind of like this fantasy reboot trend we were in. Like this mm. is around the same time Snow White and the Huntsman came out, Jack the Giant Slayer, I Frankenstein. It's about 10 years after the Brothers Grimm, but I feel like the Brothers Grimm is very much a spiritual predecessor to this, uh, which is another movie I really enjoy that is quite terrible. Um... <laughs> Anyways, I'm out of breath because I'm so excited to talk about this movie. <laughs> Water break. Everyone take a sip of your chosen beverage. Um, yes, I made a special podcast potion today. It is raspberry pomegranate iced tea with ginger ale. It's very refreshing. I drink water out of a water bottle because I am thirsty all the time and can't drink out of a cup because it'll go too fast. <laughs> okay, so like I said, this movie came out in 2013. It is the North American debut of... Tommy Ricola, Vercola, Ricola. One day I promise I will look up how to pronounce directors' names. But uh, Tommy Ricola, uh, it is his North American debut. He had also done the Norwegian cult horror film independent movie Dead Snow, uh, which, as you were not someone who follows the cult horror scene, I will give you the the logline. It's uh, about fighting Nazi zombies. Okay, but it actually it screened at Sundance, and has got like middling reviews but definitely has a big cult following because of the premise of Nazi zombies and if you're someone who enjoys like schlocky gory horror then it is a kind a movie for you for sure and from there 
basically Tommy Ricola, hold on, I have a quote pulled up from him where he was like, it was my you know, first day in LA after the festival and I suddenly got invited to this pitch meeting with Paramount and so he was like, here's what I have and it was the premise for a short film he had wanted to do which is very film student-y. He cites uh, Sam Raimi and Quentin Tarantino as his, mm. you know, aesthetic influences which you can really tell. Oh yeah. Um, but oh, he also actually cites Peter Jackson's pre-Lord of the Rings work, which I think is also really clear if you look at some of the old horror stuff Peter Jackson did, mm-hmm. which you wouldn't have, and that's okay, because you've watched but I know that Peter he, Jackson like, movies. Yeah, I'm a huge Peter Jackson fan, so I do know, well, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan, um, so I do know that that's the types of things he did before. That is his best work. Yeah. Um, anyways, but yeah, he took it to Paramount, and they greenlit it, which is, I can't believe that they did that. Like, I don't know what they saw in this movie that they were like oh we have to make it happen um uh it was given a budget of 50 million dollars and uh unlike uh you know my first pick john carter it was a huge success not critically uh but financially it made over 226 million dollars whoa i had no idea did that right because it has like it has had no real lasting impact on the cultural landscape i feel like a lot Mm -hmm. of people forget this movie even happened but it made a ton of movie, or ton of movie, it made a ton of money. <laughs> um, and Tommy Ricola has certainly danced around the idea of doing a sequel, uh, which they were talking a lot about up until around 2015, and then since then it's been in development hell. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I still have hope that it is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they were also talking of doing it as a TV show, which I think would be a really good fit, if only because uh, I also... Like is not the right word, but like I, I, I read all of the City of Bones novels by Cassandra Clare, which then got made into a very bad movie, and then got made into a very good TV show that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to see something like that for yeah. Hansel and Gretel, where it's just I could definitely, a... I could definitely see this working as a TV show. Like the the dynamic between Hansel and Gretel is very similar to that of Sam and Dean in Supernatural, mm-hmm. like the very dependent kind of weird energy that is just built in so much love, which is something I really enjoy about it. Um, yeah, I have one kind of fun fact. I don't know if you saw this in cre- the credits. Do you know who executive produced this movie? Nope. It is a actor. Um, do you want to guess or do you want me to just tell you? I have zero idea who it would be. The only thing in my mind that's coming up right now is Ben Affleck, and I highly doubt that's who that is. Uh, okay, it is a comedic actor i'm just gonna tell you it's it's will ferrell (laughs) will ferrell produced this movie um why i have no idea i have no more information than that uh it's adam mckay is it the same will ferrell it is um so one of the other producers on it is adam mckay who is also a, a director who has worked with will ferrell in the past and on other projects like vice and the big short uh, so, mm-hmm. kind of elevated uh, there. Yeah, I don't know why. I have, I have no answers for you, but they produced this movie. They are they are the ones who got the money for this movie to be made, and I don't know why. Maybe they're but just I'm, big th- I'm thankful for it. Fans. I'm thankful for it every day. Um, a couple other fun facts. Uh, David Lynch. Uh, why do I never know how to pronounce people's names? I need to start looking this up. But David Leitch... You're better than me. You're way ...was the me. stunt coordinator and uh, second unit director for this film. You pro- might not recognize his name, but he has since become a feature director. He uh, made his debut with the John Wick movies, and then he also did 
Hobbs and Shaw. And Atomic Blonde. Oh, I did Hobbs see that Shaw. one. Hobbs and Shaw. Shaw. Um, Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> and um, Gemma Arterton's stunt double for this was Zoe Bell, who I'd never heard of. But I clicked on her name on Wikipedia, and she was Uma Thurman's stunt double in Kill Bill. And Lucy Lawless's stunt double in Xena. So, you know, you nice. go, girl. Um... I will, we can move into an actual discussion soon, but um, I think my favorite thing kind of about this movie, and I think we'll, that will lead us well into the discussion about what I like about it, is that it is, as I mentioned before, someone had a wacky concept and he got it made into a film, and I think just through sheer willpower and passion, he was able to convince other people to care about it too because I was reading quotes from the actors about making this movie and maybe you can just chalk it up to them being on a press tour and having to hype it up but the main cast speaks so fondly about making this movie Um, like Jeremy Renner has talked about how it was you know the most fun he's ever had and it was just a wonderful escape for him to do because it Mm. was different than the other action movies he was doing at the time and Gemma Arterton talked about how she really liked it because her kind of big North American debut had happened a couple years earlier with Quantum of Solace, where she basically has sex with James Bond and then gets murdered. It's a nothing part, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was like, it was fun being sexy, but not having to worry about romancing anyone. I just got mm-hmm. to exist and fight witches. And then, like, again, you could say, oh, it's just because they have to speak possibly of the movie for publicity's sake. But my favorite quote, uh, which I don't have the whole thing up because it's very, very long, but Famke Janssen, who plays Muriel, the Grand Witch villain, uh, and this is what makes me take the other quote seriously, has basically said, um, she straight up just took this job for the money. She was like, it was filming in Europe, I wanted to go to Europe, like, mm-hmm. I wanted to get paid, um, and yeah, I didn't care at all, and then realized, oh wait, this director believes in this movie so much, okay, I'm actually going to put in some effort, so... <laughs> It would have been very easy, I think, for everyone involved to just phone it in. And instead, they all just look like they're having so much fun. And I so love it So they filmed much. it in Europe, but so, coming back to my unshareable, so many of it reminded me of Force on Vancouver Island. And there were so many times I was like, is this in, did they film this in BC? Did they, did they film this here? And then I looked it up and it said in Europe. And I was like, no, no way. <laughs> Okay, okay, actually, it's funny that you said that, because I also had to double check, because I was like, oh, I feel like they filmed this in, like, Croatia or something, and then I was watching it, and I was like, maybe this was actually just filmed in, uh, like, a back lot in BC the week after Halloween, and they got all of their costumes on a clearance sale in the spirit of Halloween. <laughs> well, a lot of it, like, some of the background, like, I've only seen a couple of the Twilight movies, but, like, it reminded me of that background type mm-hmm. setting, so I was very surprised it was filmed in Europe. Um... I don't know why. Why did they film it in Europe? They could have easily filmed it here for cheaper. I feel but... like it. Well, they were filming. Oh, I'm saying con- Croatia very confidently. They were filming it in a very cheap part of Europe. Like it's where a lot of TV shows set in pseudo medieval times will film. Mm. Like it's definitely. And also, I think because the director is Norwegian, they might have been doing it over in Europe because he was like, "This is the vibe that I'm going for." Yeah. Um. You know, if you're pulling from Grimm's fairy tales, um. Yeah, so that's that's all of my spiel. I was like really enjoying. I can I can go on more just about kind of where all the actors were at this point in their career because I think that is also interesting. But hopefully we'll be able to squeeze that in later. I wanted to give you a chance to speak about all of the things you loved about this film. Yes. Okay. Let me look at my notes. Uh. <laughs> it says 
nothing. <laughs> wow, it's a blank page. No, it's fine. Um, okay, I'll start with one thing. <laughs> this is because it's in the very beginning. But I, <laughs> I really liked how they did the intro title cards. When it had, yes! like, fire, and it had, like, newspaper articles and clippings, and you got to understand um, the story and their background a little bit more. And usually for title cards, I was kind of like, okay, cool, whatever. But this was, like, I was trying to read as much as I could, and I thought it looked really cool. And so during that, I was like, man, this could be, like, pretty interesting, because the introduction... I was even scared of that. Okay, guys, I'm the biggest scaredy cat you'll ever meet. I can't even watch Goober, Nightmare Before you. Christmas, and I know it's, it's a, creepy. it's creepy. I just don't like scary stuff. I've always had a very vivid imagination, and I've always had very vivid dreams, and they always cores like, kind of, weave in together, and I've like. I watch one thing that's scary, and I will, like, have nightmares for weeks as a kid, so I just never could watch scary things. Um, so I couldn't even look at the be- most of the beginning part of The Witch, even though it was, like, a little bit, but I was like, she's too scary. Like, she spoke once. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> it's a scary lady. <laughs> My sister and I never saw our parents again. It was just the two of us. But we learned a couple of things while trapped in that house. One, never walk into a house made of candy. And two, if you're gonna kill a witch, set her ass on fire. I love expository credits. That is actually also one of my first notes. Like it's, yeah. I, I mentioned it in that Kristen Stewart movie I was telling you about, Underwater. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's something I really love about the credits there too, because like I said, like that movie is super efficient about like make, just getting right into the action, but it has to explain, oh, why are they down underwater? And so it does that by flashing mm. up news articles about drilling. And similarly, this movie is like, okay, Hansel and Gretel survived being, didn't get eaten by a witch, and then they became witch hunters because they yeah. wanted to get back at this woman who tried to kill them and rid the world of it, the scourge of witches, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But you get all that in articles about them becoming famous. It's like tabloids. I love it. I yeah. love it. And the old-fashioned, like, drawings of them and, like, it was a little bit of it was animated as well, which was really cool. So they kind of took, like, the clippings and animated. It kind of remind me of the end of Prisoner of Azkaban when they have the map of oh, the end yeah. credit scenes. And, like, there's not a lot going on, but you can see, like, footprints and stuff and kind of gave me those type of vibes. It's like, ooh, this is kind of cool. So I really like that. Um, my Probably my favorite part, not part, my favorite thing about the entire movie was the troll. <laughs> I feel like if the troll wasn't there, you'd be surprised how much lower the score would have been. <laughs> the troll was, he saved this movie for me. He, I think his name was Edward... Yes, Edward the Troll. And he, like, serves witches, and... But he's just so kind and caring. And then when he showed... Like, part of it was kind of comical, because I was like, what? Why is there a troll now? But at the same time, I was like, this is just this kind guy, and he just wants to help. And, yeah, he fights a bunch of people, and did I look away? Yes, yes, I did. But at the end, I was like, oh, but he saved her. And he's just like, I'm gonna help. And he gets angry when he doesn't, when that person doesn't want to help. He also kind of reminds me of my D and D character, just like this big guy that wants to help. But 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that's true. I, 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 when it got to the part with Edward, I was like, oh, thank God, Jenny will like him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He um, saved the movie for me. Oh, that's a be. Oh my gosh. Is that it? Um, what else? One thing, because the whole premise is that they're trying to collect enough, um, like, children and, like, a, a white The witch. witch is not Hansel and Gretel. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. The witches. And um, during the blood moon, and as soon as it said blood moon, I was like, Zelda. And then I was like, and then when it wasn't the premise of Zelda, when things come back to life, I was a little confused. And then I was like, Jenny, this isn't Zelda. So then there was that. And then also the last child they're looking for was a girl born in April. And I'm sitting here looking at my oh, own reflection no. in the screen because it's light out because I can't watch it at night. I'm like, I am a girl born in April. <laughs> oh no. They're going the after me. coming for me. <laughs> so that was a little, a little funny in my mind. Um, also, there's a scene when the grand like evil witch, um, these people are told to go out at night and they don't want to go out at night to find the witch, but they're like, we gotta go because we're men. Blah, blah, blah. And so they go out and this witch is being like, oh, like, what are you doing in the forest? And then she's like, this is my forest. And then I, going back again to my unshareable, I feel like that's me. Every time I'm out and I see someone, I'm like, this is my forest. Get out. Like, how dare you be in my woods? Get out. So I really identified with that feeling. <laughs> uh, I'm into it. We should yeah. all, all identify with the evil witches more, I think. Yeah, and just like, give me my space. This is mine. Uh, Social yeah, distancing. And you kind of talked already a little bit about the sibling dynamics. Um I thought that was really interesting if you can tell that they truly care about each other and but also they kind of like joke with each other and kind of do like a little ribbing with each other and that that is always fun to see like that dynamic of a brother and a sister. It's very much a us against the world kind of vibe. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're allowed to make fun of each other, but no one else is allowed to. Oh exactly. Um Do you have anything else or um, is that it? Because I otherwise I'm gonna kind of just go through like the plot and go through my notes. About okay, go through the plot and then I may chime in for some things. Okay. Um. Yeah. So Hansel and Gretel. So the, okay, these are my notes for the the uh, before the opening credits start. So you see young Hansel and Gretel being led into the woods and lured to this witch's house, and then they push her into the oven. Um. Note number one: nastier than I remember. <laughs> No, number two. How does it feel, bitch? I love this movie's use of, of uh, profanity. Yes, because it is rated R, so they're allowed to use swear words, and I, they definitely use them wisely, and I think they do them good timing, for sure. Like, it's fun timing. I just enjoy seeing Gemma Arterton swear. I love Gemma Arterton so much. Like, she's never really... She's been in quite a few things. She's never really hit it big in North America. Mm. Um... Like, she was in Quantum of Solace. She was in James Bond, like I mentioned. She was in the Prince of Persia movie, which I did see twice in theaters because she was in it. Um, but also not very good. Uh, but I just think she's so lovely. I saw her on the West End in Maiden Dagon in the musical. And she's just funny. And, you know, you, you, you get this impression of, I think, in North America, of like all British people being very posh. 
And to me, she's just, like, the classiest lady. And then you hear her speak, and she's very open about, like, no, like, she's not very posh. She's a very much an ordinary person, like, working class girl. Yeah. Um, but I just love her so much. I find her so charming and funny. Her character and... is so interesting. It's one of, She's a character that I would trust with my life. I'm like, yeah, she got it under wraps. Tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Yeah, like, she's just in this. She seems so, like, <laughs> beautiful and competent and very in charge and collected and is not afraid to tell. I could, I can't tell who is supposed to be the older sibling because she kind of gets tasked with the, oh, I'm the woman, so I'm the mature sibling. But also, like, Gemma Arterton is way younger than Jeremy Renner. But, like, she I just thought has she this... was. I thought she was supposed to be older. I either thought they were twins or she was older. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because I'm like, she's so much younger than Jeremy Renner. Um, but I was also, I was like, wait, is Gretel older? That's another one of my notes. Um, but she's just so funny and she cracks wise very nicely and she swears spectacularly especially like against that bloody sheriff dude oh my god yes so okay so my my last note before we hit the opening credits was everyone is american like they filmed it in europe it's a norwegian director uh jim arterton is from southern england famke jansen is from denmark peter stormari who plays the sheriff is swedish the uh nina the good witch is finnish and I'm like, I feel like Jeremy Renner just couldn't do uh, an accent. So they were like, well, everyone has to be American now. Sorry, guys, we don't make the rules. Jeremy just, he doesn't got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, but you have, you know, the the sheriff who who really wants to be in control. Uh, like, and so he flashed up the present day and he is torturing this woman who he thinks is a witch and wants to kill her. And then Hansel and Gretel show up. And... This woman will burn Sheriff's brains all over these fucking hillbillies. Listen to Gemma Arterton say fucking hillbillies. I should set it as my alarm. I would love to wake up to that every morning. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's another one of these like period films when I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not. I know it's like weirdly like it's in an era that doesn't exist, but I would not want to live during that era. This is my favorite genre. This is like my my pseudo historical. Mm-hmm fantasy series like it's your ever afters your knight's tales your Hansel yeah. and Gretel's where yeah, it's, it's period but not because it's not a real place yeah I I kind of throughout the movie I, it was hard for me not to compare it to a movie another movie that's similar that I really enjoy um can you guess what I'm thinking of no stardust oh yes that is exactly part of this genre Yes, and so when I was watching this, because it involves witches and stuff, and there's, like, one scene in that movie that scares me, but besides that... Is it when she's crying over the bodies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, and... Michelle Pfeiffer should have been nominated for an Oscar for that movie. Oh, so good. Or just for her, her entire 2007. Continue. So, like, I feel like if you took out all of, like, the gore and, like, pretty much, yeah, pretty much just the gore of the movie, then I would have seen it more kind of like Stardust in a way. There's not like the biggest, there is some romance in this movie, but I kept co- trying to compare it to that one and it gave me that feeling of Stardust, but without the joyfulness of Stardust. <laughs> with, like, But it still has the same It's a very feel. grim film. It's, it's not a very joyful movie. All of the joy I, I find in it is just the, the sheer schlockiness of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, my next note is witch diabetes. Oh yeah. Uh, Gretel, not Gretel. Yeah. Hansel has witch diabetes. Does what? he just have like what? Or is it just diabetes? Okay, maybe it's just diabetes. But like, he got it from eating all of the candy when he was a child at the witch's house. So it's like. And then he's got a little, like, steampunk wristwatch that tells him what he needs to get his fantasy insulin. When they created the plot and the characters, I feel like they decided what they wanted to do with Gretel. And they're like, what are we going to do with Hansel? I don't know, make him diabetic? Because candy? And they're like, sure. <laughs> How would that I work? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe this way? Possibly? <laughs> it's also, like, the way he uses it, it's like... Well, I'm not an expert on diabetes, but when... Like, they need the insulin, like, within, like, a second of this timer going off or he dies. I was like, how do you know if you die? Did you die? And then someone gave this to you? Like, how do you, like, is a doctor like, yeah, you got witch diabetes. Like, I, <laughs> I want to know how he got there. Not, not great diabetes representation. But no. the first time I watched it, I just remember being, witch diabetes? <laughs> He's got witch diabetes? Um, Yeah. Witch diabetes. Um, again, just like it, it, it walks this very fine line between um, like glib and ironic and not taking itself seriously, but in a bad way. Like with movies like this, where what stops me from enjoying a lot of other cult films is like people aren't trying to make them good; they're trying to make them fun bad. But I feel like in here, to make a good cult movie, you have to take yourself at least a little bit seriously and be like, no, we are putting a lot of effort into this. We have created this world, even if its rules don't make sense. So yeah, Hansel has, oh my God, I cannot get their names right. Gretel has a machine gun, but it's not a machine gun. It's a crossbow. And they have a record player that uses a goblin's hand as the needle. He has witch diabetes. Like the rules are there, even if they don't make sense, but they take it seriously. And I love it. There's something just so badass about a crossbow. I don't know what it is, but it's great. It's so good. Like any film, like crossbow, hell yeah. <laughs> it's better than a regular, a regular bow and arrow. So yeah. Not Twelve. Yeah. Um. Did you just quote Birds of Prey? I did. I did. did. If I see that setup, I'm gonna take it. Yeah. Hell yeah. I just wanted to acknowledge. I acknowledged your quote. And I knew where it was from. Hey, we're knowingly <laughs> nodding at each other. Hey? Mm. <laughs> I see you. I tip my hat to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually. Um, and then, yeah, like you have Peter Stormari is the blustering, misogynistic sheriff who doesn't trust Gretel's expertise and thinks he can handle the witches because they're women or like whatever. Um, Peter Starmari, like, I feel like Peter Starmari was just there for the paycheck. Like, he did not, he did not try in this mm. film. He doesn't have to. He gets his nose bitten off. It's extremely gross. Um, he had a lot of, no, a lot of nose <laughs> violence happens to him yeah. in this film. He gets broken and then bitten off. Um, but that's after he declares martial law in this village. So basically Hansel and Gretel are trying to save all of the villagers and they realize that the witches to complete this ritual that will make them immune to fire, which is the only way you can permanently kill them. Um, they need to steal 12 children and they have 11, so they're trying to protect the last child and everything goes wrong and the village like, gets lit on fire and the child is taken. And Peter Starmar, yeah, declares martial law. It's both a terrible shot and wasteful because he shoots the mayor Can in I just the say, neck. 
everyone's a terrible shot in this film. Like, most people, like, miss. But I feel like yeah. that's any action movie. But, like, especially this action movie. <laughs> like, they're supposed um. to be experts, and they're like, dee, dee, dee. I was like, lead the shot! Lead it! <laughs> no! No! <laughs> um, and, like, I guess I'm trying to go through the plot. There's really not a lot of plot to this movie. The witches are there, they need to get kids, they get the kids, yeah. so Hansel and Gretel go to save the kids, and, um... Along the way, you find out that good witches exist. Oh, I freaking no. knew it. <laughs> um, yeah, so you have... A, I don't even know if she qualifies as a love interest. This is the one flaw, one of the flaws of the movie. Yeah. Where you have Mina, this character they've introduced, where the sheriff is trying to catch her off being a witch. And they're like, oh, she can't be a witch. She's too beautiful. Uh, but it turns out she's a good witch. Uh, and then she dies. And you're like... Oh. Okay, movie. Well, yeah, well, I did write down one thing about when that, like, as she was dying, and Hansel's like, ah, she's like, ah. Um, and he says to her, you did good. And I almost teared up. <laughs> because... That is something in my life that I try to strive for, is to be good. And if someone could tell me, like, like, because her whole thing is that she's trying to protect people, she's a good witch, all these things, and then her last thing she hears is someone telling you, you did good? I was like, oh, that hit me in the soul all of a sudden, and I don't know why, but, yeah. And, like, I see what you mean, like, why, like, there was no reason that they had to kill her, and... It was kind of at a random moment, and I was like, okay, it's fine, I guess. But this, that line of, like, you did good, I was like, yeah. 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 <laughs> if they ever re-release this on DVD, they can put that quote on the box. I almost teared up. <laughs> <laughs> I almost teared up. It's not a movie-watching going experience, Jenny and Lee, unless she almost or does almost tear up. Tears up. <laughs> yeah so like and then they, they save the kids of course the the woman who isn't you know gretel is the only one who dies uh they save the day uh, a lot of people get uh grossly monched on or uh exploded or yeah. thing squishy things um and then they all go off as their new team with ben oh my god i haven't even mentioned ben yet yeah i'm not a big fan of ben honestly ben's a little creepy ben's a little pervy yeah, he just seems like a creep. He seems like a stalker. And that's yeah. it. He's he's a Hansel and Gretel super fan. He's got a creepy little stalker scrapbook of all of their their newspaper clippings. I feel like Ben is the one who made the opening credits. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's not really a character that works for me. I like the idea of having there be of Hansel and Gretel being tabloid celebrities like I, again i think it's a really fun concept of like what is yeah. celebrity in this fake medieval yeah, yeah, yeah. europe situation that we have going on uh but they do a, a little bit too much of him leering at, at gretel's chest and mm -hmm. following them around when they're like go away but then he he gets to join the party at the end of the movie and become mm. a witch hunter which was his goal so like it's, it's again it's like why i wish that this sequel could be greenlit which like now this movie seven years old is not gonna happen um, but, like, why well, I wish that, you know, I would be down for a TV series. Supernatural will one day end. Um, and then there's going to be a Supernatural-shaped hole in the CW's programming. So, like, Freeform? Get mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. 
They would have to change a bit if it's going to be on public TV. Yeah. But, like, it could be fun. It could be fun. We could get a little, a little fun. A little fun for a little sexy. Um, yeah, I'm like, we just blitzed this whole part. I'm like, what else? Oh, my God. Okay, okay. Also, my favorite scene in this whole movie. Okay. Favorite scene in this whole movie is... Oh, okay. I'm just like, I know. There's like an actual plot, but like, I don't care about the plot. I care about the little bits. We did um, pretty so, much say the plot. The witches I mean, are trying to get the these people... Plot. And the whole reason why is because if they do, they're going to eat the heart of something, and then that makes them immune to fire. Anywho, it's irrelevant. That's the plot. But then you also find out, like, they, they are kind of trying to set up for a sequel where you find out that, um, like, they weren't abandoned by their parents as kids. It was actually that their mom was also a good witch, and she sent them away mm-hmm. to protect them, which means that Gretel is also a good witch, because boys can't be witches. I don't know. That's but why Gretel's... I was also confused, because the original thing is that it's the stepmom, and she, like, so I had to look up, like, the actual... Fairy tale. I was like, okay, they didn't do exactly the same as the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that makes more sense. Um, yeah. So Gretel's also a good witch. So she's having these. She's. It cuts to her before everything really goes uh, off the rails, and she's tossing and turning in bed and having this nightmare uh, about her fa- her mother, and realizing like, oh, am I a witch? And then she wakes up, and Hansel's just sleeping on the floor. <laughs> Yeah. Like, that is my favorite thing, where I'm like, oh, you're those weird siblings, where he's just sleeping on the floor next to her, and then she kind of puts his her arm down for comfort, and he hugs it like a dog, and then she's like, get ready to go back to sleep, and he just rolls under her bed, and I'm like, do you do this in every town you go to? You're like, we, we don't have a lot of money, we can only rent one room, so I'll sleep, but you can have the bed, I'll just sleep on the floor underneath the bed, like a... <laughs> what? <laughs> It's it like, is my favorite thing. I just, I have gifted that. I just love, like, rewatch that moment so many times of him just rolling back under the bed. I wonder if it's something they do, like, a rock, paper, scissors, or, like, a bet to see who gets the bed, or does she always get the bed? She always gets the bed. She 100% always gets the bed, and he's like... Peace. He's like, I don't sleep anyways. It's fine. <laughs> I am traumatized. Bye. <laughs> exactly. I know. These poor children, like, it's, again, like, it's also a fun thing of, like... What would happen to Hansel and Gretel as adults? Like, if you yeah. if you are tortured as a child and then throw a woman into an oven and watch her be burned alive, yeah, that would probably have some lasting yeah. repercussions. Yeah. It's like, are you either going to be, like, do nothing, or will you become Batman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Become a witch hunter. Become a, uh... An Instagram influencer for the witch hunting ages. <laughs> oh my god! Like I just, yeah. Like I'm gonna keep watching this movie. Like it's it's terrible and great, and I can't believe it exists. And it just it hits a real comforting sweet spot for me where I'm like, this is bad. I'm gonna watch it again right now. Yeah. Um. I uh, I wish there could be a sequel so badly because. What do you think would happen in the sequel? This is the thing. So Tommy Vercola, uh, like, wrote a script, and then he actually got pulled as director. He's done a couple other movies since. Like, I don't think he's really made quite a, uh, the uh, North American crossover, uh, even mm-hmm. though Hansel and Gretel was a huge financial success. Um, but he, he did a movie for Netflix a couple years ago with Numi Rapace, who was actually, I think, originally cast as Gretel. Uh, what happened to Monday? Did you see it? It was it was thoroughly okay, um, and then oh, he's actually. I forgot this is an auto medium. I was shaking my head. No. <laughs> uh, he also is so he hasn't really directed anything since he directed a sequel to Dead Snow, his Nazi zombie movie, 
and then he's writing but not directing a adaptation of the comic book Irredeemable. Have you heard of this? No. It's from our beloved Boom Studios, but what? it's not any of the Boom comics that we've read. Oh. I, I love Boom comics so much. I know. Like, we big it's fan of the It's my favorite comic imprint. book. That series. Company? Publisher? I don't Publisher. know. But, like, I love the stuff that they do um, for all ages. But I had not heard of Irredeemable, so I wasn't sure if you had. But he's writing a movie adaptation for that. Ooh. Um, yeah, but he has talked a little bit about how he wasn't going to direct the sequel, but he had written a script... Uh, where they were going to face off against Lilith, which is like the favorite character for any fantasy writer or horror writer to uh, trot out. Uh, Lilith is the supposed, like, depending on mythologies that you're reading, like the first wife of Adam uh, or mother of demons or head witch. Like she's just, she's the name that you trot out when you want an evil witch character who's very, very powerful. She's in Supernatural. She's in Shadowhunters. Uh, she's the inspiration for the white witch in Narnia. Like, oh, no idea. That's the Lilith character. So they were going to have a a plot where they fought against Lilith. And I was like extremely into that. Mm -hmm. Um, again, just because I want more Gemma Arterton on my screen at all times. I love Gemma Arterton so much. She's the best. And I love her. In case you weren't aware. <laughs> what? No, I, I had no idea. Um, yeah, those are that's all of my my gifts and my notes about Hansel and Gretel. Thank you so much for watching it. Like I yeah. really, I can't believe that that happened. Um, yeah, I definitely was like, oh my gosh, Eddie, you have to watch Hansel and Gretel. Which I was like, well, we're gonna do this week, and of its movies, I don't think you'll like, but like this is such a good movie. It's such a good time. And then I was watching it, and I was like, <sighs> and even then, actually, like. I think we were doing this episode as, like, a way to test how we handle criticisms, and you were still being just so <laughs> amenable. You're I like, feel like oh, The only thing is, like, usually, usually, especially when I talk to you, if I don't like something, I still appreciate it for what it has done for you. I was texting you about, I forget what, and I was like, look at this and this, thanks so much for, like, understanding and, like, appreciating it. And you wrote, you care about it, so I care about it. So it's hard for me to completely dislike anything you share. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's don't get me wrong. I did not like this movie, but I watched <laughs> it for you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, what was your What was your least favorite thing about this movie? Um, I think like I just don't like unnecessary gore or like gross stuff. I don't. I feel like it never adds anything to the plot. Like, anytime there was a battle or anytime someone exploded or something turned into this or someone, like, in a broom ran into a bunch of wires and cut in half, I I don't... It doesn't do anything. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it doesn't add anything. I feel like it's, like, cheap. I don't know. I was never really into those types of things and I never understood how it improved a plot... Or a story, so those types of things I is my least favorite, I think. Yeah. Dang it, I was like really ready to be like, well actually here's why it's good. And no, that's that's totally fair. That is just a difference in taste, believe it or not, <laughs> that I can't accept because I I'm certainly not one for, you know I I I talk a lot about horror and I do really enjoy it but I only enjoy very limited films like I don't mm. enjoy the Saw movies or yeah anything that is gory at all I can't even think of any other examples of the Saw because I don't enjoy it so I get that and like 
like I said, my note number one, nastier than I remembered. But for me, with this movie, the characters just really, really shine. And it's, it's such a, again, like, an interesting moment. I talk a lot about why people were cast or why directors were chosen for certain projects. And this is a really a time when, you know, studios were really pushing Jeremy Renner as an action star. Like, he had, mm. just, he had just done Avengers, which he had a very small part in. But he was also had done Mission Impossible, my beloved Mission Impossible. He had done the Bourne spinoff that didn't yeah. go anywhere. So they were really pushing him. Um, the shines come off the apple for me, for him a bit, in response to... Abuse allegations, I feel like I should say that, too. Like, I know that he's not the greatest dude, but this movie is a fun time for me, and this is pre-bad Jeremy Renner app, pre-Jeremy Renner starting a camping supplies Amazon store, pre-Jeremy Renner legal troubles. Yeah. (laughs) I was looking up Jeremy Renner today, and I was like, you have so many side hustles, sir. You're an Avenger. Sure, you you don't need to do this. And, like... Yeah. And did, did you hear the part where I said he is an Amazon store for selling camping supplies yeah i listened to another podcast when they talked about that and so many people of those listeners apparently like went on the website and like tweeted about it and then like the website like shut down and his app shut down because his so app many- shut down like it's wild <laughs> yeah but this yeah like this, this is a time when people were really gunning for jeremy renner to be a leading man he was hot off of two oscar nominations wow and then he hasn't gotten on me for anything since and he's you know still an avenger but We'll see if the Hawkeye series happens now. But then also, like, Gemma Arterton was kind of... They were testing the waters for her crossing over. I think she's firmly going to stay kind of just as a constantly working in the UK and not really mm. doing any franchise work coming up either for her. Famke Jansen is, you know, made her her bread and butter playing vaguely yeah. European villains. Um, yeah, I really... I just enjoyed this, this movie. This movie hits a really sweet spot for me and... The characters in it are so fun, and I would love, love, love to see more of them. Studios, if you're out there, you've got my $15. I don't know who else is. <laughs> I mean, $20, because I'll go to see it in theaters, and then I'll buy it in a $5 bin it at Walmart. Because mm. I still buy DVDs. Same. <laughs> that's that's yeah. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Um, Should we do it, the star chart chase? Yeah, the star chart chase. I know, I feel like I need to... I. I was gonna make myself an actual star chart, and then all the stores shut down. So maybe I'll just like I've got star post-it notes. I'm holding them up to the camera. Maybe I can do that. Let's yeah. use the whole pad. How many stars? Okay. Five. This is definitely as good as the Mister Rogers documentary, right? <laughs> what a complete. I mean, they were nominated. They were nominated for the same amount of Oscars, and by that I mean zero. <laughs> that's true. I mean, we can't really relate things to the Oscars because that's a whole other thing like geez. um okay um <laughs> okay one second i did have it lower but and then the since... troll happened <laughs> yeah um because i also was thinking about it in relation to what i've rated other things mm-hmm. um and <laughs> because it's gonna be low I'm just gonna. I feel like oh, I'm counseling you before it happens. Okay. Um, okay. I can handle rejection. I can so handle out of five stars, I gave it two stars. That's so generous. Are you kidding me? I was fully expecting one. Okay. I was fully expecting one, and then I was like, "Oh, she was gonna give it a half a star, and then she bumped it up another half for the troll." Okay, so it was originally at a half a star. 
And, <laughs> the troll's then, worth one and a half stars. No, Go then the troll was head. worth the troll was worth one star. Okay. The other half was just seeing how excited you are about this movie, so I had to give it another half a star. And I feel like this is like a like a bash at John Carter because I only gave John Carter three. John Carter's way better than this, but I, it's it's Thank hard you. to to know. John like... Carter. <laughs> um, but yes, that is what I have decided to give it. I will never ever see this movie again. It may come back in my nightmares, but I will not. But on purpose, see it again. I, I, I will watch it in um, about nine months at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, I'll see it at Christmas. It is a family tradition. And by family, I mean just me and my sister. My parents refuse to be present for it. Um, but Megan and I good will people. have a very good time. Nice. Me and my sister, we have a past. We almost died at the hands of a witch. But that past made us stronger. We'd gotten a taste of blood. Which blood? And we haven't stopped since. Cool. Yeah. So that that's that movie. That's that movie. And I we often we always try to close off with a game or a segment. We don't have a specific recurring bit, but I gave Jenny a little uh, advance notice for this one because I yeah. wanted her to have time to think of an answer. Like I said at the beginning, this was definitely part of the grim, dark fantasy trend mm. in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, so if you could, I mean, and it's not over yet. Like we had another spooky, edgy adaptation of Hansel and Gretel a couple months ago with Gretel and Hansel by Oz Perkins. Um, so if you could adapt a fairy tale for mm-hmm. this edgy action, pseudo-historical, you know, work, you've yeah. got you've got Paramount's $50 million. What are you making? Um, okay, so this, this took me a while to figure out because I was looking at fairy tales and then... I keep getting stuck between the difference between fan like fairy tales and just Disney movies. And then I was trying to find one that isn't like a real action, like grungy dark one. Cause originally I was like, Ooh, like Jack and the Beanstalk, but that's already been made. And I was like, Oh, Pinocchio. I was like, that's already been made. And like Cinderella, like all these things. What is grim like, dark Pinocchio? Well, it's not grim dark, but there's like a live action one. It looks really creepy in my oh. mind. <laughs> um, oh. So yeah. it was hard to try to find. Originally I was thinking like, the first one I thought of was Atlantis, but I know that's not a fairy tale. That's just a Disney movie. I thought Atlantis as, like, a kind of, like, dark one would be interesting. <laughs> Mine sounds so stupid. Okay, just wait. Okay. I wouldn't <laughs> do it because I don't know how to do these things, but I would pick... <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm so excited. Um, I would do The Three Little Pigs, but... <laughs> <laughs> just wait. <laughs> They're not pigs. The the was just it's just the framework of it is like the storyline of the three little pigs. Okay, hang in there. So the three little pigs. What it is is that there's like a family, and they have three sons, and it's like a really rich family, and um they're part of like the mafia in some way and so what ends up happening is that like when they were growing up all of a sudden their house got burnt down and their parents died and then they got all this wealth and uh the rival mafia a rival gang um this guy is after them for their wealth called the wolf 
And so then they, like, the siblings don't talk to each other and they're living in their own little, like, secluded places. And then one by one they start getting, like, attacked or, like, chased after. And so they go to one house and that one gets and goes to the next one. And then finally all come together and have to work together and try to do, like, a Home Alone-esque, like, like, but more dark and, like, grungy, like, protection of their house to try to defeat against, like, the wolf. Um... Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe this hasn't already been made into a film. I'm like, you okay, who would play the brothers? Um I'm thinking Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. He's like in so many things. Yeah, something like that. I haven't thought about like who would act in it, but like the feeling would kinda be less it wouldn't be gory, it would be more like suspenseful. Like and... a David Fincher psychological yeah. thriller. Yeah, and like the title would be like all the way home, like, three, all the way, like, wee, 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 all the way home, something. Um, and they're, like, they band together, and they, like, work against the wolf, and, like, I don't know, there could be, like, some type of twist, like, maybe the wolf was actually the dad the whole time, or, like, his <gasps> uncle, or something. Yeah. And then you I get think some that Hamlet would... vibes going on if it's the uncle. Exactly. So it would be a coming together of brothers, oh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it would be kind of, like, different shots so you don't really get introduced to the other brothers as adults until like they that that brother moves into the other brother's house and then like then you meet that one and the end you meet that guy and he's like whoa and it, yeah the production design for this would be so fun because you could have such a different aesthetic for each yes. brother and like, one's like are they all in crime or uh, yeah. or like or was one of them legitimate like what what industries are they in yeah. like is one a money launderer or a drug dealer okay yes. I'm into this this is Thank extremely you. good they i know it started out a little rocky i know but that's <laughs> i said the three little pigs threw everyone off but they yeah maybe their last names is like hogsworth or something or i don't know anywho yeah that is mine <laughs> That was exceptional. Thank you. Do you do you have any ideas of what you would make? I okay. I did not plan one, so we're gonna give me. I, yeah, I did not. I I know. I was even like, should I answer this? And I was like, no. Like, it's usually just another person. Okay. What is a fairy? What is what is a fairy tale? Right. It, I found it really hard to find one that hasn't been already made into something that was like live action, intense, like grungy. I just remembered the Red Riding Hood, Sexy Red Riding Hood that Catherine Hardwick directed. I yeah. definitely saw that in theaters as well. Okay, no, my favorite fairy tale as a child, which I feel like, I can't believe this hasn't been done, um, was Rose Red. I don't know what And uh, I think in, in some modern day fairy tale retelling, she's like Snow White's sister or what have you. I think mm. that's the case in Fables. It's been a while. Um, but basically she... I should have looked this up. She befriends a bear, and the bear is actually a prince who is trapped by a witch. I did not do it. You did such a strong premise. But I'm like, if we were going for more of, like, in the same aesthetic, low-budget, schlocky vibe mm. of Hansel and Gretel, you could do something about Rose Red and how she is just, the, she's a very resourceful woman. She's a really, she's a strong female character, but like she's very much that character type of, like, she's not afraid of this bear. Yeah. She's not afraid to go to this like Rumpelstiltskin type demon character. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, you could do this in like 1930s depression era America, American South. Mm-hmm. Um and have it be a crossroads demon. Ooh. I am just pulling from my supernatural love. Um <laughs> I say as someone who's like 7 years behind on supernatural. <laughs> um 
but you could do yeah like a crossroads demon devil went down to georgia kind of story of this prince but his last name would be prince he wouldn't actually because like and then Mm -hmm. everyone is so broke and you're in the dust bowl and he gets turned into a bear and then rose red has to go on this fable mm. journey across America and like you could have all these little vignettes of her meeting different characters Ooh. in like the depression era and try and get back her love and turn him back into a man nice. and, it would be, and it would be some kind of rich fable criticism of capitalism nice I like yeah. it I've yeah. also thought of possibly doing think pop I'm not doing anything, but another idea I came up with was the princess and the pea, but like the whole thing was actually like the princess was actually like a witch. Cause I was thinking about this movie and like, it would be like very creepy and be f- filmed in like, like a night's tale era. And it's like this like snobby little prince. Who's like, ah, I want someone who's proper and all these, all these things. And it's like kind of this like demon thing comes down to like teach him a lesson. Anywho. <laughs> to this okay yeah like hire us hollywood or hire us hollywood from 10 years ago when this was still the trend but like i would 100% go watch all the way home yes right oh my uh, gosh. yes like the russos would the russos would produce that post marvel 21 bridges russos would absolutely mm, produce mm-hmm. that copyright it put it get a patent <laughs> <laughs> put it in the mail mail to yourself <laughs> go you can't go to the post office we're hoops okay uh. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing this film that you enjoy. You're welcome. Thank you for watching it. Do you want to say what your pick will be next week? I will do a cool classic Jenny hint (laughs) of what it'll be next time. So my, I also am doing similar to Emma's picking a movie that I thoroughly enjoy and have loved most of my life. And I am certain there are many aspects that Emma will not enjoy from it. And um, a hint for that movie is I will just play a little bit of a song right now. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll. But it's not what you think. Anywho. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was gonna be your hint. (laughs) I was like going to be a smash mouth okay yeah smash mouth stinger and on that note yes um also like what you're oh no you yeah if you oh oh, (laughs) (laughs) um you can subscribe to us on apple podcasts uh have you heard of we are also now on spotify and pretty much any podcatcher that you might be using on your mobile device. You can also listen to us in your browser on Anchor uh, if you'd like to contact us because we love hearing from people. Hypothetically, no one's done it yet, but right now yeah. we'll continue speaking into the void. You can find us on Twitter at HiHo Podcast, that's H Y H O Podcast, or email us at HiHo Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and remember to like what you like, your opinion is valid. As long as it's the same as mine. Because Hansel and Gretel frickin' slaps. <laughs> <laughs>